You can now subscribe to Strava Craft Coffee and save 20% every single time you do so with a Strava Craft Coffee subscription. That's right. You just sign up. You tell them if you want your coffee every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks. They'll send it to you. You never have to think about it again. You never have to enter your credit card information. And every single time they send it, you're going to get 20% off from our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee. If you haven't tried this rich, smooth, tasty CBD-infused coffee, I highly recommend it. You're going to love it, and you're going to get 20% off when you subscribe or get 20% on just a single, 20% off just a single order when you use the code DNVR20. You can use that code anytime and get it, and you can just come down to the DNVR bar and get some CBD-infused cold brew, which is also just simply delicious. So get your Strava Craft coffee today. Friday, boys. How you guys doing? All right. Oh, is Zach muted? Yeah. Uh, I'm muted. What a way to start. But man, what a feel good Friday, boys. Not even a mute can take me down. Uh, no, nothing can stop us on this fra- uh, feel good Friday. Field goal Friday, 58 yard field goal Friday. We'll get some 58 yard field goals later today. Uh, maybe a little bum talk if, we're, if everyone's lucky. So uh, uh, before we jump into what should be a great show. Got to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver, rigorous and affordable educations online, taught by professors who will bring the real world into the classroom. Head over to msudenver.edu slash online to scope out all they have to offer. An extremely vast offering of different classes and programs that you can participate in to further your education without having to leave the comfort of your own home. So check them out, msudenver.edu slash online. My boys, what's up? Happy Friday. We're certainly going to make it a bum talk Friday. And man, we are getting ready for some Monday afternoon football in the Mile High City. Man, I I mean, what what a compliment uh, for the Broncos and Patriots that they're going to get to play at 3 p.m. in in Denver on Monday. Uh, at least Patriots fans, you know, they, they're getting it at 5. They should presumably be off work by then. Broncos fans, um, getting the short end of the stick here. Or you could twist it and say they're getting a great excuse to take a three-day weekend. Okay, if you're in Canada, you're already getting the day off because it's Thanksgiving. And usually there's football on Canadian Thanksgiving. It's a CFL. There's no CFL this year. So think of it as a gift to the Canadian segment of the Broncos fan base that they're still going to get football. The other thing is daytime action. You know what? 
didn't the Nuggets have a bunch of daytime games in the playoffs? Didn't that work out well for them? The Nuggets and Jazz getting the afternoon death slot from yeah. ESPN and the NBA. Well, you know what? Maybe the Broncos can make the most of this too. Yeah, I think Ron Burgundy loves some daytime action as well. Uh, <laughs> a- afternoon delight. Hey, <laughs> afternoon delight. That's what we're getting. We're getting a little afternoon delight or afternoon torture, depending on how it goes. Uh, <laughs> the question then is, will Drew Locke play? And will we see some sky lockets in flight from number three? Nice. <laughs> I, I like that. Uh, will we? Guys, there was um, an interesting comment from an interesting question from our friend Zach Stevens yesterday from Vic Fangio. Uh he, Zach, you asked him essentially, does it change the availability percentage or something along those lines for Drew Locke to play if the game is pushed back? What do you say? He said 24 hours doesn't change much. So, no, uh, this move, at least initially, if we're trusting Vic, it does not change Drew Locke being able to play. If he can play on Sunday, he's going to be able to play on Monday. If he wasn't going to play on Sunday, he will not play on Monday, even though it's 24 hours. And guys, I do believe Vic with this because th- this is a longer-term injury for Drew, and we're talking about his throwing shoulder. So I don't think if the Broncos weren't going to play him on Sunday that they would then rush him back on Monday. And so you think that that answer means no Drew? I do. Just because right now I'm at the point where I don't think Drew will play from hearing Vic talk, from hearing Pat Shermer talk, uh, from hearing John Elway talk. It seems like they really are treating this as a process for Drew. And these last few days back on the practice field are part of the process, but it's a process. And so I do not think that Drew Locke is going to play this week. Do you think he'll even be in uniform as a backup, someone available in emergency, or is it going to be clipboard and headset for number three? I'm going to spare both of you by not screaming the word no, but he shouldn't be. He really shouldn't be because I think, I mean, just look no further than Makai Becton and the Jets were just destroyed for doing that. And I think there's no reason for the Broncos to put Drew in that same situation. Yeah. Watching Makai Becton out there reminded me of like watching a UFC fight where like everyone that's watching is like, stop the fight. What is the ref doing? Stop the fight. Like no one wants to see this guy just being destroyed out there and in, in so much pain. Uh, it, it, that's a very easy one to me. He's either the starter or he's inactive. There's no one between uh, and any other option is completely asinine to me. Um, man, I, I don't understand why, to be honest, that Drew Locke can practice, he can throw, uh, he could do all those things, but he can't play. Um, I I get that there's risk involved in terms of, you know, they want to make sure that if he falls and gets tackled on his shoulder, that he's going to be okay. But I kind of think that if he has a if he gets tackled on his shoulder at any time, he's going to end up with a bruised shoulder. Well, part of it is it, there are there are ways to determine whether you whether you're going to have an issue when you take it take a hit or not i mean it may not be as blunt as just taking a baseball bat or something like that like i alluded to a few days ago but you can put pressure on his shoulder to determine okay what's what's his level of pain tolerance like what's what's going to happen and if there's a certain point where 
he can't deal with the pain, then that's something that goes into your evaluation because you know what kind of force he's going to take if he lands on that shoulder, has someone driving him into it. And oh, by the way, you're not on grass. You're on turf here in New England for this game. So all these things, all these things come into play. The other thing that you can't, that you can't quite gauge just yet, and you're not going to be able to gauge until he gets back out there is, is he in any way hesitant? Is he, you know, maybe not seeing ghosts or feeling ghosts, but is he a little bit skittish? Does it affect his decision-making? Is he getting the ball out? Is he getting the ball out a little more quickly than you'd want him to? Or sometimes maybe you want him to hold the ball a little bit longer, have a receiver get, get open. All these things come into play. We're, we're not going to have every answer before he goes out there, but you can kind of get a, a sense of general pain tolerance from what you do in the training room. Okay, so here's the bad news. Uh, both of you don't think Drew Locke's going to play. That makes it a majority. And I was listening to uh, the Dan Patrick show this morning. They had Mike Florio on from Pro Football Talk. And he insinuated that the Patriots believe Cam Newton will be available for them on Monday afternoon football. And so in a matter of 24 hours, I know Vic Fangio said 24 hours can't change much. Well, 24 (laughs) hours has pretty much just changed everything when it comes to this football game in terms of yesterday, 24 hours ago, and then adding 24 hours to the timeline here. Because if the Patriots have Cam Newton and the Broncos don't have Drew Locke, it's going to take a miracle uh, for the Broncos to win this game. Yeah, and I think it's like we talked about. I mean, I think we all would set the spread over seven and a half points if Cam is there, and especially if no Drew Locke is there. And that pretty much tells you that you need some crazy things to happen in order for an upset to, to be pulled off. So are you of the belief, like hundreds on my Twitter timeline, that uh, this is some BS? Uh, because the Patriots are being catered to in this situation in the minds of many, uh, and they're going to get their quarterback back while the Broncos didn't do anything wrong. And now not only do they have to face a much better quarterback, but they also have to turn around and play on a short week, the week after the Broncos uh, really get screwed here. I'm happy you asked me this question because I want to say one thing. And again, I'm going to spare both of your ears, but stop. I'm so sick of it. Cause Ryan, just like you said, I have, you know, my mentions are just blowing up with this. And also what I don't like about this is some of this is coming from inside the Broncos building. And Mm. I absolutely hate that. We knew that there were going to be adjustments and changes and unfair things. If we wanted this season to happen, this didn't, this didn't uh, come out of nowhere. We've been talking about this game, potentially moving all week. Everyone has known that this was a possibility and I'm sick because I'm sick of the excuses. I'm sick of it because it just sounds like, The Broncos are preparing themselves for a loss and not necessarily everyone inside that building, but you know, they're moaning, they're they're pouting and fans as well. And I can't, I can't stand it guys. This is a must win game for the Broncos on Monday. You can't go in there with excuses. So I I'm sick of it. I don't want to hear it again. So I got to give props to one person though. Vic Fangio is not doing that. Mm -hmm. And that's a person that you need the message to come down from. I don't care. We adjust it. We're adjusting. Let's go beat them. And you know what? I mean, First of all, I get if we're talking about the Titans here that you, you'd have some reason to complain because clearly the Titans were doing things in violation of protocol. 
and that has exacerbated their issues. And I think some of that is reflected in the Broncos thinking, but we don't know that the Patriots did anything wrong here. Yeah. This is just one of those things that it's unfortunate and it's a circumstance of the times in which we're trying to conduct this season, but there is no evidence that Cam Newton did anything wrong in contracting this and start and, and starting this in, in new England. I mean, it turns out that according to Adam Schefter, he had dinner with Stefan Gilmore, but it doesn't sound, we don't know if that dinner was out or if it was just at Cam's house, we don't know that the Patriots did anything wrong. And so with all respect to where the Broncos come from, I would say, put yourself in their shoes because you know what you you're throwing stones right now. But what if yours is the glass house and we're talking about something similar with the Broncos in a game in a couple of weeks? Yeah, um, you know, I definitely wasn't on the like conspiracy against the Broncos um, train. But uh, Zach, you completely convinced me that you have the right take here. Um, <laughs> this is soft as hell coming out of the Broncos. <laughs> like, just go play the game and win and then worry about the next week. Why are you already worried about the Dolphins game and, and how many days you're going to have to rest going into it? Uh, it's just totally the wrong mindset for a football team to have. And the other thing is like, oh, you have one, le- you have one fewer day to rest. That happens when you play on Monday night football and then have a game the following Sunday all the time. This is happening to some team just about every freaking week for years, even when things are normal. Right. And in a better scenario, you would be on Monday night football multiple times throughout the season. (laughs) This is true. Did it hurt? Peyton Manning and the Broncos when they were playing in primetime, when they were playing on Monday Night Football? Uh, don't think so. Also, you have one less day to practice and prepare for the Miami Dolphins. The Patriots have had several less days to prepare for this football game in terms of practice, being on the field, being in the facility. So while you're taking a slight disadvantage into the Miami game, from a preparation standpoint, you're getting a much bigger advantage uh in this game than disadvantage you're getting in the next one and which which game is tougher for the broncos is it the patriots game or is it the dolphins game i think everyone would agree especially with cam potentially playing that it's the the, that it's definitely the new england game and then if you win that game well the players will get tuesday off then they come back with momentum and then there's a chance that they could go on a three-game win streak be 500 after three weeks and then you know Whatever happens against the Chiefs doesn't really matter. If you pull off the miracle upset, then holy cow. If you don't, you're three and four heading into the bye. You're in a totally good situation. Yeah, really um, just soft. Soft as well. Yeah, that's that's the word. That's a good word, right? Um, so, I yeah, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate uh, for the Broncos if this news is the difference between Cam Newton playing and not playing. But, you know, just yesterday on this show, we were talking about how did the NFL learn nothing from last week where, you know, oh, they just moved the game back and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, tests started pausing, popping up. Well, we'll see if they learned anything, but they're definitely uh, trying to use what they learned last week in this scenario, in my opinion. You have to buy as many days before the game as you possibly can to see if tests start pop- popping up. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone was exposed to Stefan Gilmore – on Monday night as he had it well you know it's they say it's you know the 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 incubation period is usually about five days so now they have 
a full five days after that to see if things are popping up. And then, and then a little more time after that as well to make sure. Um, so if you put aside, you know, competitive advantages and disadvantages and just start thinking about safety, which is probably what everyone should be thinking about first and foremost, uh, this is the right move. In my opinion, you move the game back, you buy time, you make sure that you get as much time as you can to test all these players and continue to hopefully return negative tests. But if you don't, now you have, you know, you need the time to be able to pivot and see what, what the next move is. Yeah, you're you're hundred percent right. If this helps the safety of everyone involved just a little bit, maybe it helps them a ton. Well, then I, I'm all about it. So uh, it, it's it. You know what? Vic can walk into that room and say it sucks. Now we're moving on. That's the last thing we're saying. Because, yeah, John Elway, Vic Fangio, all the players said that, you know, they, they're preparing to play on Sunday. That's what they want to do. So say it once, guys. It stinks. Now move on and, and don't be soft. Shouldn't they be looking at the positive, which is like, oh, now we have another day to get ready for this game on the field, too? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And like you said, Ryan, it doesn't matter how many days they push this game back. Uh, the Broncos are still going to have way more prep time than the Patriots. Yep, absolutely. Uh, it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't change. The Patriots can't catch up to the Broncos in terms of however many days you give them. The Broncos just end up getting more and more and more. Yep, exactly. And you need that when you're going up against Bill Belichick. Okay, so let's live in a world where Cam Newton is the starting quarterback for the Patriots, which obviously makes the outlook for this game a lot more grim. If that is the case, what do the Broncos have to do to win this football game? Well, there's two things that they need to do. When Cam has played, they're two and one. In those two wins, the Patriots have rushed for over 200 yards in both games. And their one loss, they tried to put it all on Cam's shoulder, and that shoulder looked good. He almost threw for 400 yards, but they only had 67 rushing yards. So to me, it's very clear that the Patriots are going to run the ball. It's going to be a combination of everyone, starting with Cam. Uh, I don't think they're going to have Sony Michelle this week. I think he's on the IR, so that's good news for the Broncos. But, I mean, they just have like six guys that they can rotate in at running back. It's insane. So you got to keep them under 200 yards. And then on the other side of the ball, the Broncos can't turn the ball over. They can afford one mistake from, from Brett Rippon or if it's Drew. They can turn the ball over once. If you turn the ball over multiple times, Bill Belichick does not lose when you do that this year. Uh, in those two wins, not only did the Patriots rush for 200 yards, but they also had three takeaways on the defensive side of the ball. So you, I don't think you can even afford two takeaways. Well, the thing is, you're going up against a defense in New England that leads the league in takeaways since the start of the 2019 season. And it illuminates what I think has been one of the most disappointing aspects of the Broncos under Vic Fangio is that you have the Patriots there, number one since the start of the 2019 season, and the Broncos are better than only two teams in the Fangio era in terms of generating takeaways. And what you pulled off against the Jets last week, winning despite minus three, that's not something that you can rely on. And you've got to take the ball away, and it doesn't matter if, and obviously it's easier to take the ball away from the Patriots if Cam Newton's not out there. If Cam Newton's out there, it becomes a problem. If Newton's not playing. It's Brian Hoyer slash Jarrett Stidham. Then you've got to get, I'd say, two, three takeaways. You've got to start finding that turnover touch and doing so in a hurry. And even if Cam is out there, start trying to get the ball out. Try try to force some fumbles. You may not get some picks, but one way or another, get the ball 
out because with only 19 takeaways in the last 20 games, with only two so far this season, uh, the Broncos aren't doing something that you need to do if you're going to have a successful Vic Fangio run defense. So they've got to win the giveaway takeaway margin, and they've got to generate multiple takeaways to win this game. I've seen the Broncos uh, play Cam Newton, at least in recent memory, two times. I believe they've played him three times in his Mm -hmm. career. Uh, The two most recent times I watched the Broncos play Cam Newton, there was something – they won. And there was something very – there was a very common thread between the two games. And it was the Broncos absolutely teeing off on Cam Newton. The second time, which was the season opener, the season after the Broncos won the Super Bowl – they teed off on him to like an extent that I don't know if I've ever seen in, in a football game because there was at least like four instances where the, the refs probably could have, if not should have, thrown flags. And they were just sending safety blitzes, sending all sorts of blitzes. And when they got there, they made sure they made their presence felt. And I've every every year there's just something different that is catching my eye when I'm watching football games and I start paying attention to it a little more. And one thing that I've really been following closely this year is the way quarterbacks respond to big hits. And it's shocking how much a big hit can change the course of a football game. Um, One that comes to my mind is Joe Burrow when he was playing on Thursday night football uh, against the Browns. He started off scorching hot. He's moving the ball and then they hit him good a couple times. Wasn't the same the rest of the game. Uh, And this is something, you know, that's not – I'm not breaking any news here, but I've just been paying closer attention to it this year, and it really, really makes – it just changes the entire game. So to me, the Broncos have to hit Cam Noon. Sacks are great. Uh, You know, know, knocking down the ball when you're getting there is great. I don't care how you do it. I don't care how you generate pressure. I don't care what you do. You have to hit him. You got to hit him uh, early, and you got to hit him often, and you got to knock him – just out of his rhythm. If you start letting him get in a rhythm, he will go off. Uh, and you're going to be on your heels, and they're going to be able to, he's going to be able to run the ball, he's going to be able to throw the ball, and you're going to be in trouble. Got to hit him hard and hit him early. That's a great point. And so to me, Ryan, that says you have to do the exact same game plan that you had against the Jets. Bring Josie Jewell, bring Alexander Johnson. Every single play, bring one of those guys. Don't be afraid to bring pressure. And can Cam throw the ball? Absolutely, he can throw the ball. Do the Patriots' weapons scare you? They don't scare me at all. Uh, you know, Julian Edelman's their best receiver, and he had two drops, one of them that led to a, a pick six last week. Uh, is Edelman good? Of course. But he's not a guy that scares me where you have to keep the eight guys back in, in order to contain these weapons. So, no, this actually lines up to be very good for Vic Fangio to, to have a second game where he just brings the – heat and that'll help against the running game and i totally agree man alexander johnson hitting cam over and over that's just what you need that is just what you need yeah the uh the the interesting thing is that uh when cam newton this year when he's under pressure without a blitz his passer rating so far this year is 69.3 so he not only are you not are you potentially getting to him physically and getting in his head you're also making him less accurate you're more likely to to get an interception out of him so you have to pressure cam newton by the way guys 
Newton's gone against the Broncos three times. Can you guys tell me how many takeaways the Broncos have directly from Cam Newton picks and forced fumbles that the Broncos recovered in those three games? I'm going to say six. I was Ding, 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 ding. I was ding, also going to say six. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. High five. Hey, as was said on Seinfeld once, six is good. You like six? Uh, yeah, you <laughs> do. So they're averaging two takeaways a game. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, how many sacks? Because I feel like that's also a lot. How many sacks? Let's uh, go. Th- let's go through the the game log here. Go back to 2012, playing the game in Charlotte. By the way, the first time the Panthers ever wore black pants was in that game in 2012. Just for your meaningless trivia. Stat. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a, a long winded story about that about about. Uh, Talking I'm with sure some people, their organization before the before that game, people that I've I've known for a long time, uh, but uh, I don't think anyone's interested in hearing that story. <laughs> so seven sacks in that game at Bank of America Stadium back in twenty twelve. You, you go to Super Bowl fifty, six sacks of Cam Newton. <laughs> as the Broncos got the big fat ring on their finger. Week one, when they ground him into a pulp, when they hit him, three sacks. So you take that seven and six, 16 sacks, 5.3 sacks per game. That's absurd. It's absurd. And unfortunately, I don't think I don't think the Broncos approach that total this year in this game, just because you have Bill Belichick that it, and Josh McDaniels scheming ways to avoid that. Cam has been sacked five times so far this season in three games. I think the Broncos get a couple of sacks. I don't think they put up that kind of number because if the Broncos do pr- blitz Cam Newton and they get that blitzing pressure from Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell working from the inside, then I think you're going to see the Patriots counter by trying to to get rid of the ball short and across the middle and take advantage of that vacated space because that's just what Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick do. They find the weak spot that's created and they would adapt. So while I want to see pressure, I think the Broncos ideally need to find ways to generate pressure without bringing the house. Yeah, I think you can live with that, though. I think you can live with Dink and Dunson. And if that beats you, fine. But if Cam Newton on the ground beats you and he's just sitting back in the pocket all day, picking apart seven guys in the secondary, that's just going to kill me because we we, we, we just went through the formula to beat Cam. And the Broncos are 3-0, and undefeated in those games. Cam Newton has not won a single game against the Broncos. And he's being sacked over five times a game. So just do that again. What do you think Cam thinks as he's going into this game once he's not thinking about COVID. Do you think he's saying, I don't have to face Vaughn Miller? Yep. Uh, Of course. Yeah, of course. That's the, and that, and that's the thing that's changed here. And obviously a lot of other things have changed about the Broncos defense, but the most prominent thing that is different from those three games is no Vaughn. I mean, you could argue that, that maybe the biggest part of Vaughn Miller's hall of fame worthy resume is what he did against Cam Newton, someone who was an MVP, an outstanding quarterback for much of the decade, and yet he owned him. Absolutely. When it mattered, and even when it didn't matter, matter he owned him. Yep, number one versus number two overall pick of their draft class, mm-hmm. and Vaughn has, in spades, 
gotten the better of that matchup. I will say maybe Cam kind of wishes that he had a chance to uh, avenge those three losses against Vaughn. It's because he now has Belichick on his side. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's like, this isn't Ron Rivera anymore, bud. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, man. Hey, Ron Rivera's a good coach. I mean, he is. He is. I'm, I'm not sure what he's doing with his love of Kyle Allen, but he's a good coach. I actually think he's um, smart in this decision. We don't have to go too deep into yeah. the Washington football team. But I think what he's seeing is what's happening to Sam Darnold. And he's saying, man, we got to get this guy out of there before he, you know, just gets mm-hmm. ruined from sitting back there, throwing picks, getting hit. Uh, so I think he's honestly in a, in a John Elway, in, in the parlance of John Elway, as <laughs> in the parlance of Mace, uh, yeah. <laughs> he needs some football rehab. He does, but the thing is, Haskins is not Ron Rivera's guy. And that's sort of the key thing here. I mean, he inherited Dwayne Haskins. Uh, that's not somebody that he brought in and drafted and developed. I think uh, they're, they're, they're trying to figure out sort of a, a bridge here to something else. And also Rivera, I think, wants to give Kyle Allen one more shot. I mean, I think the significant part of this is that they knocked Dwayne Haskins all the way down to number three. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah you got Alex Smith there, and I get and I get it having him in reserve, but but taking him all the way down to the to number three when he's being your number one quarterback, uh, man, I don't know. I, I think uh, the bell's tolling for Dwayne Haskins in Washington. You know uh, who I think is uh, is uh, Ron Rivera's guy? Who? Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence think, is yeah. everyone's guy. He's everyone's guy. I just don't think they're going to be bad enough. I mean, they have they have too they have too good of a pass rush. I mean, and the and honestly. We've seen the Jets now. We've we've watched maybe we've seen highlights and clips of Washington, but having seen the Jets, I can't imagine. Uh, even based on what I've seen from Washington, I can't imagine Washington being worse than the Jets right now. I mean, Tre- Trevor Lawrence probably uh, would be advised to start looking at real estate in Northern New Jersey. No, nah, he sh- he should be advised to talk to John Elway and figure out how the hell he can not go to the Jets. Well, where uh, would I go then? That's the thing. I don't know. Um, Atlanta, maybe? That's a much better situation. I agree. Um, Speaking of the Jets, did you hear the quote from Joe Flacco the other day? Oh, gosh. What did Joe (laughs) say? Wait, wait. Did he say, listen, guys, listen. listen." (laughs) Uh, No, so he was talking about, you know, I don't know, his how he feels about the fact that he's going to start another game. And he was like, you know, you just it kind of feels like a little kid again. You you know you get the butterflies, you get excited. Um, maybe no one but me would ever notice it, but I but I am excited to play or something. Oh my <laughs> yes, Joe. No one else knows. That's for sure. No, literally, no one else can tell. I like the self awareness of that comment right there. <laughs> that that that's uh, you know we can say a lot of bad things about Joe Flacco, but he does know who he is. Yep. Yeah, he was also nice to us, even though he always thought we weren't listening. <laughs> Joe's Joe. Joe's you know, Joe. Joe's Joe. Uh, like this. He was Joe, that's for sure. Joe Flacco, <laughs> like wallpaper, just kind of blending in. <laughs> All right, uh, so I guess do we have to make multiple predictions here? I think we do, is, yeah. Uh, is the game even on the board no, on DraftKings even? No. Okay, that's all the excuse I need to say. We're gonna make multiple picks here. We're gonna we're gonna do this in in terms of scenarios. 
So how many different picks are we making? <laughs> All right. I think four, right? Okay, so you've got with Cam, with Drew, with Cam, without Drew, with uh, Drew, without Cam, yeah. and without Cam, without Drew. Oh, yeah. so five, yeah. No, that's four, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't, counting's hard. I don't so yeah, Cam versus Locke, Cam versus Rippin, no Cam versus Locke, no Cam versus Brett Rippin. There you go. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm writing this down for the record. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Zach, let's start with you. Cam versus Locke. What's your score prediction? I'm going Cam Newton versus Drew Locke. I'm going to go 27 to 20. Patriots. Okay. okay. Easily the most fun matchup that we're talking about here. Uh, I'm going to take it a, a little bit higher for the Broncos. It'll be a win but a, for the Patriots, but it's close. 27-23. This, is act, this actually proves to be one of the best games of the weekend if it is Cam Newton and Drew Lockett quarterback. I think it's going to be the best game of Monday afternoon, honestly. Oh, yeah. there you go. Way to go out on a limb there, Zach. <laughs> best game in Monday afternoon at 3 p.m. in Denver history, maybe. Um, Mace, don't correct me. Um, <laughs> I'm. I don't think there's been a Monday <laughs> afternoon game in Denver history. I mean, there has been Monday afternoon football. Uh, there have been some playoff games played on Monday afternoon, December 26th, Boxing Day for our friends in Canada, Britain, and the Commonwealth. But uh, don't think we're talking about regular season games on Monday. So okay. Uh, so for me, uh, Cam versus Locke. I say the Broncos win. I think they they get the emotional boost of having Drew back. Drew comes out there, plays. They also are getting Philip Lindsay back, we presume. Uh, And I just think, you know, the the team plays with a different excitement, a different spirit. They go out and win. Uh, Same score as you, Mace, just flipped around 27-23 Broncos. All righty. Would be absolutely huge. Uh, We would – every conversation we had would do a full 180 overnight. Yep. Yep, Mm -hmm. man. I hope you're right. All All right. Uh, so now let's go Cam versus Rippin. Your your score prediction. Oh, boy. 30 to 13 Patriots. Uh, 27 to 10. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I will go uh, 24 13. All right. So I would imagine bull, all of those would cover the spread. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure because there was, I believe it, it was a fan duel did have a spread out there a few Never days heard ago. Of them. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, and I, and I think it was 11 and a half and that's the, oh. that's the only spread I've seen on this game this week. Well, Ryan's taking the Broncos again. Love it. Yeah. There we go. That's a cover three and one against the spread. Those Broncos <laughs> they certainly are. Um, all right. So now we go lock versus Stidham. I go Broncos win this game. And this is a scenario where I have the Broncos winning. I would go 24 to 20. So Broncos also cover the spread. Right. Ooh, I'm, I'm, I think the Broncos win if it's Drew Locke and, and uh, Jarrett Stidham slash Brian Hoyer. This is actually a comfortable win. This is one where the Patriots make some mistakes. And I think you even see the defense either scoring on a pick six or a fumble recovery or a short field to set up the offense for an easy score. Give me Broncos 28, Patriots 16. Ooh, love it. 
I will go uh, Broncos 25. Don't ask me how they get there. Mm, love it. And uh, Patriots 17. There's a safety mm. involved. That's 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 how they get there. It's 23-17. The Patriots are backed up in their near their end zone after a Sam Martin punt down to the four yard line that goes coffin corner and then <laughs> holding in the end zone. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> holding in the end zone or Alexander Johnson on a blitz that uh, gets to Jarrett Stidham, forces him down, ruled in the ruled in the grasp and all that safety. There you go, twenty five seventeen. All right. Love it. Love it. And, and uh, the very last one here. Saving the worst for last. Which I actually still I still think this is a no less than a 50-50 chance that this is the matchup. Uh, and this one would be Rippin versus Stidham. Mm, the, uh, the one that is fitting for a Monday afternoon mm-hmm. game. I will go 20 to 19. Patriots. Oh, yeah. It's just one too many mistakes from from Brett Rippon, mm-hmm. and it's just unfortunate that his second start has to come against Bill Belichick. I, I just don't think I can get over Bill Belichick going up against a young quarterback. That I think is going to be the defining matchup if this sort of thing happens, and then you start looking and saying, okay, wh- what's the better unit? Denver's defense or New England's defense? Which one is more likely to 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 make the the back breaking play? And on balance over the last year plus, you've got to go with the Patriots on this one. 16-13 New England if it's backup versus backup. Yeah, uh, I think it's maybe even uglier than that. Um, it's it's going to be extremely befitting of the time slot if this is the quarterback <laughs> matchup. Uh, I've got 13-10 I've got in New England. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I mean, heck, I've been wrong about this before, just one week ago, and I thought this was going to be a super under, and it wasn't <laughs> even close. Uh, so trust me when I say I prefer that situation much uh, over the one I'm predicting. But, man, I, I think that definitely the Broncos end up having a hell of a lot of time, uh, hard time scoring. And, and if they want to stay in the game, they're certainly going to have to keep the Patriots off the board too. So uh, not an exciting one there i i really hope that by some uh you know a stroke from above we get lock versus cam or lock versus stidham because it'll make this game about 50 times more interesting me too so i think we need one final prediction here who are the quarterbacks what's the matchup going to be i will oh man you guys go first i don't know uh, it's I, I don't have to think about it I, i'm going i think it's cam versus ripping at yep. quarterback Yep, and I, I don't really have to think about it either. That's what I think it's going to be. And unfortunately, with my score predictions, that's the worst one for the Broncos. Yeah. Ah, man, that that really sucks. And I wonder if Cam playing now again, this would be a, a soft attitude from inside the Broncos, but <laughs> just, you know, sometimes you have to be realistic when you're the brass. I wonder if Cam playing makes the decision easier for the Broncos to not start Drew Locke. Mm, just saying it, it's too, it's too difficult. It just makes, you know, winning the next two or at least Miami that much more important. So we need Drew to be 100 instead of 90 mm. for that game. I think so. I think there might be an internal conversation that uh, that reflects that. Uh, but I will go um, because it's 2020 and they're playing this game on Monday at 3 p.m. <laughs> I'm going to say that it's Rip and Stidham. Okay. Okay. Well, that gives the Broncos more of a chance. 
Yes, it sure does. All right, uh, that's going to wrap things up for us on the live portion of the podcast. You can listen to the rest of the show wherever you download podcasts. We appreciate everyone who's listening. If you're on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Subscribe to our channel. Never miss out on any of our content. Uh, And if you uh, also want to, you can hit the little bell right next to it, and and you'll get alerts anytime that we have a new video. We appreciate that. And then, of course, if you're listening on the podcast side of things, we always love a nice little five-star review. But for now, on the live side of things, we'll talk to you guys later. All right, thanks for rolling with us on the podcast side of things. And thanks to Breckenridge Brewery for always having our backs and always providing us with ice-cold, frosty, refreshing, damn good beers. Friday night, I know you got big plans, or maybe your big plans are simply just to sit at home and watch the NBA Finals. Whatever you're doing tonight, make sure you get a Breck Brew to enhance that experience. Breck Brews, they're damn good beers. I don't know what else you need to know. They are damn good beers. And the best place to get damn good sports betting lines is DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. So go to the App Store right now. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app because, guys, week five of the NFL season, and they're back at it with another can't-miss offer. They're giving all new users the chance to receive a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. And on top of that great sign-up offer, DraftKings offers great odd boosts every single Sunday to help make it rain. And don't worry, if you don't want to bet on your Broncos, DraftKings is giving all basketball fans a 200% profit boost on any basketball market once you sign up. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So go to the download or go to the app store, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use that promo code DNBR when you sign up to get up to $1,000. That's code DNVR to get that sign-up bonus up to $1,000. For a limited time only, only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. First question here coming in from Nemo3. Is it me or would Brett Rippon make for a great Patriot-style quarterback? I mean, think about his aptitude in conjunction with Mastermind Bill. Needless to say, we better keep him around. He's one. Uh, he's the one seed Skangs left behind for us to cultivate. Yes, and he uh, is a big help to Drew Locke. So I think uh, you're right in saying they need to keep him around. Secondly, I'm hearing a lot of tank for Trevor Talk, some of which has been mitigated since beating the Jets. However, I don't know about you guys, but I'm 100,000% on the tank for Penny Sewell train. In the off chance we were able to grab him, how do you see him fitting in in our roster with Juwan coming back and Bowles having his best season yet? I'm speaking it into existence. PFF put out an article that had him ranked as a top 10 graded tackle through the first four weeks. Tanking for a tackle, with all respect, Nemo, sounds like one of the worst ideas I've ever heard. It sounds, it sounds like a Cleveland Browns move because they had one of the best tackles of all time in Joe Thomas. Yes. Did he ever have a winning season? He had one as a rookie. They went 10-6 and six with Derek Anderson, got everybody excited, missed the playoffs by an eyelash, and then never got that close again. And that's, that's, that's why you, you only talk about tanking for quarterbacks, for, some, for that position being transformative. Because as we've seen with Joe Thomas, as we've seen with some other great tackles over the years, you can be an amazing left tackle, and it is a core position for building your offense and building your team overall, but it's not something that's going to elevate you if other things 
are going wrong. And yeah, Penny Sewell's a great player, but if the Broncos get him, I don't want it to happen via tank. I want it to happen naturally. The problem is, if they are bad enough to get Penny Sewell, then we're having the conversation, is Drew Locke the guy or not? Because that's what yeah. it's going to take, finishing, finishing probably 4-12 and 12 or worse to be in the Sewell mix. You don't tank for a tackle. You trade for a tackle. Oh. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is basically the only player in this draft that I don't believe it's possible to trade for. Now, if the Bengals somehow get that pick, then there might be a conversation to be had. Or, heck, if uh, Trevor Lawrence says he's not going to New York, then that might change as well. But you can trade for Penny Sewell. And you're just, you know, he's just not – because he's a tackle – they're going to pick up the phone and they're going to listen to what you have to offer because, because of exactly what we just said, you don't tank for a tackle. You, you don't just look at a tackle and say, this is our guy, no matter what uh, it's, it's just not realistic. So if you end up with the 10th overall pick, you end up with the 11th, 12th, 13th, you can trade up. You're going to have to sacrifice some, uh, some capital, but you can trade up and get Penny Sewell without having to put everyone through, 16 weeks of misery exactly next one coming in from 50 54 foot tall andrew freaking mason andre the giant and spud webb walk into the dnvr bar what do you find folks cooking and pouring for these immortal greats well um i don't believe i've seen him on the member sheet but because he's so large i will give andre the giant a member sized beer um, which will look like a normal sized beer in his hands um that seems only fair based on his size spud webb i don't know what we'd be getting him here here's here's what i'm doing i'm doing uh definitely a member size beer for andre the giant and then for spud webb uh and it's going to be an rk special by the way and for for spud webb he's getting an rk special but just to make it equivalent in size he's getting it in a shot glass oh Yeah, yeah yeah Okay, but the thing is, if we're also talking about food, right? Yes. Spud has to have something with potatoes, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> well, we do have this thing. It's called the Mile High Hash. It's mm-hmm. potatoes, cheese, green chili, tater tots. Or, or the tater tots are the potatoes. All yeah. melted together. You eat it with a fork. It is fantastic. You're killing um, me. I could so, go for one right now. Easy. Yeah. Mm. And then, because they've been on my mind a lot lately, and they're really really i almost cursed damn good uh i would give andre the giant the nachos nice big pile of nachos and oh they are our nachos absolutely slap uh, they're so good so i would be giving them to him it's How exactly many, what i was yeah. gonna say too because they they just come on a big tray i mean they're they're huge so absolutely that's what you got to give to the giant but how many trays would andre the giant need i'm thinking probably at least two yeah we'll give him a double tray yeah <laughs> Oh, guys, uh, our nachos are so good. Of course. The oh, problem man. is Andre the Giant's no longer with us, so we can't act. This is all just a dream. But Spud's still around. It was all Spud, a come dream. come have a mile-high hash. There we yeah. go, Spud. Uh, all right, next one from Love Thunder Down Under. Radio interviews are like onions. They have layers. I like my interviews like a parfait, also layered. DNVR equals a parfait. Balanced, layered, nuanced, and really difficult to pronounce sometimes. Good to see some healthy self-deprecation by Zach on Twitter. And nice to hear insights uh, from you guys into the dude's character. People make mistakes. Stokely needs to get the beep off Twitter, though. He's not doing himself any favors. 
in his odds versus the Rusty Spoon. I will agree with you on that point uh, for sure. It's not really good when everyone's mad at you to go on Twitter and tell them why they're wrong for being mad at you. Uh, it's much better to just say, sorry that this happened. I really wasn't expecting you guys to react this way. I'll try to do better. I can't be but so mad at Stoke, though, because he likes so many of my tweets. <laughs> uh, I'm not mad at Stoke. I'm just, I'm just agreeing with the advice here, which is yeah. don't it's, it, you know, it's like if your girl is mad at you, don't tell her why she's wrong for being mad at you. And I could probably take my own advice sometimes on this. Just say like, damn, I didn't mean to do that. I'm sorry. So what you're, say, what you're saying is listen to your kids as they would sing, let it go, let it go. Wow, Zach, that's great. <laughs> Got the pipes all nice and warmed up on this Friday. <laughs> Anyways, he goes, I wrote a very, very long post that no one wants to hear, so I paired it back so we can get back to important topics like bubblegum ice cream, the superiority of crunchy peanut butter, why straws are definitely not tunnels, and why yeasty spreads are better down under. But perhaps my favorite new topic for discussion is why Andrew Mason felt the need to calculate his giant height by one, stating his current height in feet. Two, converting his current height into inches. Three, multiplying his inch height by ten. Four, converting the inches back into feet. <laughs> okay, well, I just thought let's, uh, let's get a precise measurement, or at least as precise as possible. So let's get it into inches and multiply. Why convert back into feet? Well, we don't say that we're, you know, that we're 65 inches tall, that we're 72 inches tall. We say that we're five foot five, five foot 10, six foot. So I think what he's surprised by is that you didn't just say, well, you know, for me, I guess I, I, it's a lot easier. Cause I was just like, I'm sick. I'm about six feet tall. So now I'm 60 feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to get it right. Just wanted yeah, to get it right. That's, that's why we love me. Uh, Oh, All right. boy. He says, so the Broncos are getting flexed to prime time. Boxer shorts and 9 a.m. beers. Woo! <laughs> but I do wonder who Rob Kraft had to get, a, uh, get into a massage parlor to pull this one off. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> so is, is Cam Newton playing his happy ending? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, God. How much money Cam plays? Yeah, we're already pretty set yeah. on that. The Big T responds to that and says, Cam playing? That was my immediate thought. I smell a rat. Cam is obviously playing, and Kraft got game delayed deliberately, deliberately for it. Am I too skeptical? Maybe, um, but I also like it's it's inarguable that this benefits the Patriots. It's just I don't know if that was the actual um, intention of the league. Yeah, without a doubt, it helps the Pats, especially if Vic's right, and it doesn't help Drew at all. But this, no doubt, helps Cam's chances. Yeah, and it helps our audience in Australia because Tuesday morning football. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> Bonnie Bashan chiming in says, Hey guys, first time commenting in a long time. My thoughts on the interview were initially negative, but after listening to the pod, I think my negative view of other shows on that channel and the channel vibe in general gave me an unfair view of their intentions. Thanks for the insight. In general, I'm still hoping Cam doesn't play on Monday, as we all are, but love and health to all. Fine line to ride here. I, I want to say, uh, stay sick, but not sick enough to be concerned. Maybe just continued positive tests while he feels better. Ha ha. Chunky peanut butter is superior. Don't at me. And of course, I think when people say they don't want Cam to play, it's not they want Cam to be sick. From what we've heard this week, um, 
he hasn't had symptoms at least recently. So that that's good. I think everyone here wishes Cam Newton the best health without a doubt. Yep, absolutely. Right. Uh, and I appreciate you, Vani Bashan, for um, taking, you know, take listening to the conversation rather than just hearing it and getting ready to respond. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think our whole community did a really good job with that. I was, um, it's just a very hot button issue. So you, you never knew how people were going to respond, but uh, our community never lets you down in terms of listening to the nuance of the conversation and, uh, and hearing us out, even if they disagree. Uh, count, I know I forgot to respond to the count on Twitter when he responded to me and, and he can, he still disagrees. Uh, and, and that's okay. Uh, I did read your comment and uh, I understand your take as well. Uh, before we move on, shout out to Chevalier Mortgage, Mike and Virginia Chevalier. You can call them over at 303-257-6578 or visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. We're talking diehard Broncos fans who have supported DNVR for a long time. And we're also talking a husband-wife mortgage team with over 15 years of financial experience. Since your home is likely one of your largest assets and your mortgage your largest debt, they believe it's vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find you the best loan for your situation you can visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and get entered to win a free dnvr shirt or hat when you do most importantly get set up with a free consultation to discuss your options by calling them at 303-257-6578 that's michael chevalier nmls number 1931006 and virginia chevalier nmls number 1910631 There's good news for the Broncos game being pushed back to Monday afternoon. It leaves you more time this weekend to play WGT golf. And we want you to play WGT golf with us at DNVR. So how do you do that? Well, go to dnvrgolf.com to download WGT golf. It's free to go there. It just lets WGT know that you want to play with us. So dnvrgolf.com, download the free WGT golf app. It's the most popular golf game in the world and also my personal favorite golf game and just game period for the last decade. And it's also the official gaming partner of DNVR. So once you download the app, go into the clubhouse section and search for DNVR3, DNVR in all capitals and the number three next to it to join our series of clubhouses. We have hundreds of people playing in this and we want you to join as well. So once you're in there, that'll get you exclusive access to all of our tournaments we have. And you should probably get in there ASAP to get in on not only our most recent tournament, but also to practice for when we drop another major coming up, uh, which has, of course, cash prizes some DNVR merch on the line. So make sure to get in there, uh, go to the clubhouse section, DNVR3, join us, start playing, get in that community as well, because it's an awesome community as well. So make sure to go to dnvrgolf.com to download WGT Golf. Real, you know quick, what else, you, real quick, you know what else is good news about this game, Zach, being on Monday? Did you hear who's calling the game? That's just what I was about to share. The breaking news here. Yeah. Uh, for McAfee. <laughs> I wish. No. Uh, for the big matchup between CU and Boston College, I mean the Broncos <laughs> and the New England Patriots, you get Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreet, and sideline reporter Laura Rutledge. Oh, That's awesome. Wow. I love it. Yeah. I mean, if anyone knows about uh, Brett Rippon and Jarrett Stidham, it's them. <laughs> There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and Love Thunder Down Under gets into that in his comments. says, oh, okay, now I figure it out. 
We are playing Monday because ESPN is pissed they missed ad revenue last week with the competing Monday night game. So not only are we playing earlier, but we are on ESPN so they can make back the lost revenue. So confirmed, ESPN got the craft shaft treatment. But we kind of knew this, right, that if there was another schedule change regarding Monday, Monday that ESPN was going to get that game as a make good for what happened last week with CBS basically cutting into their ratings for the first half of Packers Falcons. And then people clicked over like, Oh yeah, this game's over. Click. <laughs> yeah. That was a, a tough, tough break for them. I actually did not know this was going to be on ESPN and that more than anything explains the time they have mm-hmm. both games. They don't want to make two games that they have overlap. Right. Uh, they'll probably take the decreased ratings at the beginning of the, early game between the Broncos and Patriots rather than the decreased ratings on the beginning of the better game. And they're lucky because it is a federal holiday on Monday, of course, and a not insignificant amount of people are off on Monday. What's the holiday? Columbus Day or uh, Indigenous Persons Day, depending on your perspective. Okay. On what you view the day as. So not only Canadian Thanksgiving – but also uh, a, a federal holiday here in the state. So banks are closed, federal offices are closed, state offices are closed. So you've, you've got a fair amount of people that are home that wouldn't otherwise be home. Sets up nicely. Next one here from Butch Cassidy. Gentlemen, time to stretch so you don't pull a hammy on this week's edition of 58-yard field goals. This week, Ojemudia will have two passes defended, two tackles for losses, and two INTs, one of which will be a game-clinching pick six. Then a feast of crows will be served family style to all his haters. Kick away, gents. Laces out. I didn't know there were any Ojemudia haters left out there. They exist. Oh, are they paying attention? No. It's, it's, it's because <laughs> of the third round corner thing. People were just waiting for one bad play on Ojemudia to say, oh, bust. He, he's Yadam. He's Brendan Langley. He, doesn't, he probably doesn't even like running backwards. Uh, and, you know, he did, have, he did give up an 85-yard touchdown. And like we've he all had detailed, no safety help, was, yes. no safety help on the play. Yeah. And, yeah. but the thing is, he's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. I think we all detailed many times just how he's, he's definitely trending in the right direction. Absolutely. Uh, my 58 yard field goal is that, <laughs> I don't know if this is actually a 58 yard field goal. Uh, Blake Bortles plays oh. at some, somehow, some way. Wow, I think yeah, I think you can step back into the sixties, maybe mm-hmm. a deep sixty for that oh. one. Oh. oh wow. That that's not good news, right? I don't know. Maybe it's a little they got a little <laughs> they got the boat package trying oh, to sail their man. way into the end zone. Oh man. For my fifty eight yard field goal, uh this is probably closer to fifty than Ryan's was, but I'm gonna say Jerry Judy has a hundred yards. Ooh, nice. Is that fifty eight? You think it's easier? Mm. I mean, that's double what, what he's been averaging. It, true. All right. I'll, I'll allow it. Mace, <laughs> <laughs> what's right. your 58-yarder? My 58-yarder is going to be a literal 58-yard field goal for Brandon McManus in a stadium where it's very tough to kick with that open end on the north side where the breeze kind of comes in. Also forecast to have rain moving through on Monday. I wonder if this is not looking at the forecast in detail. I wonder if it's going to be the remnants of Hurricane Delta, Delta, Delta. So, All right. Um, you kind of stole mine from last week, but that's okay. Uh, 
<laughs> Guys, I, I got I to gotta step back and, and, and try to hit a 63-yarder here. And unfortunately, I'm bummed that I have to step back to do this. But my 63-yarder is a Drew Locke place. That, oh. that's, that's, that's how little I think he plays. All right. Um, that's a bummer. But I think it's – I think it's higher than that. I think it's only a 57 yard field. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that. <laughs> uh, from the big T, the last question here, two points. One, I cannot wait for the tailgate this Sunday for obvious reason. Yes. It's official. The yeasty spread off as many have called it. will go down on Sunday morning on the tailgate show. I recommend tuning in at nine 30, uh, but definitely tune in when you're getting ready uh, for kickoff to see us try Vegemite and Marmite and now every person that is from these countries has responded to me saying you have to put it on bread with butter please please you'll you have to do it or else you're gonna hate it and I'm like the point is that we're gonna hate it it's not it's not good content for us to try it the way that it's supposed to taste good so what what I made I did make a promise though to our people from across the pond I said, I, no matter how much I hate it off a spoon, I will still try it the traditional way. Wow, you're a man of the people, Ryan. I, I, I got to say, doing it for the content. I love it. <laughs> exactly. You got to. All right, he finishes that second point. I have a hypothetical question that I just heard on another podcast that I thought was fascinating. What do you think about the genius idea of making the extra point kickable by only the player who scored the touchdown? Firstly, it would obviously be hilarious. And second, they would go for two more often than not would add an interesting dynamic to the game. Specialist running backs that might kick come in on goal line runs. Someone like Sue, who was for years the Lions' backup kicker, or would they just go for two all the time? Who knows? Kickers have improved to the point where they have broken the original game. Moving the extra point was a good move. And this is hypothetical, a bit silly, but interesting to think about nonetheless. What do you think, boys? <laughs> yeah, that is so silly. It just reminds me of like a, what a rugby game is. You know, everyone huh. kind of doing everything. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's where it's from. And uh, I say, absolutely, let's put the foot in football for more than just the kickers. Count me in just because of the way you described that, Mace. That was perfect. <laughs> uh, finally, he says, roll on the tailgate this Sunday as there will be some curled lips and screwed up faces for sure. Peace out and love to all the big T. Oh, man, I love the hype that the big T just brought for the Sunday tailgate. Uh, if you guys haven't tuned in to, uh, to the tailgate on Sunday mornings, you have to, uh, it's, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. And you guys are Broncos fans. This is the Sunday morning NFL show for Broncos fans. It also happens to be, I would argue quite entertaining. So, uh, <laughs> we go a little off the rails and Hey, no Broncos on Sunday means more drinking for me on the tailgate. And, uh, <laughs> and that, that makes it more fun, even a little wilder, a little more off the rails. So uh, join us then and also join the folks down at Green Mountain Dental Group when you need any dental work done. They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area and they're extreme Colorado sports fans. Schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. Tag them, tag us when you go there. Show them how this community can support our biggest supporters and get you that sonic care toothbrush i've got one and it's amazing so again green mountain dental group best damn family owned dentist group in the metro area check them out and have a great weekend we will talk to you guys after the game on monday